Hello, friends. Welcome to the dimension of our midnight cake. I'm Soltis. Joining me in the nexus between realities are my friends and fellow transdimensional beings, Lumberdor, Beaches, and Doug. After last week's transmission, where we covered the Batman, we thought that for this week, it might be fun to look at a cohesive story involving Batman. And Doug's suggestion was that we look at Batman The Long Halloween. Now, The Long Halloween originated as a 13-issue comic book series written by Jeff Loeb with art by Tim Sale. It was originally published by DC Comics in 1996 and 1997, and the follow-up to three Batman Legends of the Dark Knight Halloween specials, which were reprinted in Batman Hunted Night by the same creative team. The series' success led to Loeb and Sale's return for two sequels, Batman Dark Victory and Catwoman, when in Rome, which are set concurrently. The story takes place during Batman's early days of crime fighting. The Long Halloween tells the story of a mysterious serial killer named Holiday who murders people on holidays, one each month. Working with District Attorney Harvey Dent and Captain James Gordon, Batman races against the calendar as he tries to discover who Holiday is before he claims his next victim each month. While attempting to stop the crime war between two of Gotham City's most powerful families, Moroni and Falcone. This novel also acted as a reintroduction to the DC Universe for one of Batman's most elusive foes, Calendar Man, who knows the true identity of the holiday killer but refuses to share this with Batman. The story also ties into the events that transform Harvey Dent into Batman's enemy Two-Face. Enemies such as Scarecrow, the Joker, Mad Hatter, Poison Ivy, and the Riddler, among others, also make appearances. However, what we are discussing is the two-part animated film based on the DC Comics storyline. The film is directed by Chris Palmer and stars the voices of Jensen Ackles, the late Naya Rivera, Josh Duhamel, Billy Burke, Titus Welliver, David Dasmalakian, Troy Baker, Amy Landecker, Julie Nathanson, Jack Quaid, Fred Tataschiore, and Alistair Duncan. The film is dedicated to Rivera, as it was her final movie role before her death in 2020. A combined version of the film will be released in 2022, and the film also shares continuity with Superman, Man of Tomorrow, and Justice Society, World War II. The runtime for part one is 85 minutes, and for part two is 87 minutes, with a combined total of 172 minutes. Join us next week as we discuss The Green Knight, a 2021 epic medieval fantasy film directed, written, edited, and produced by David Lowry, adapted from the 14th century poem, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. If you enjoy these conversations and would like to contribute or get in contact with us, consider visiting our website at ourmidnightcake.com and share this transmission with your friends. The more we have to watch, the less I... I'm like, I, you know, did I ever ever write like Batman? <laughs> so I was oh, interested Adam West, in no Timber, oh. not really. <laughs> yeah. I would have thought that out of all of the incarnations, Adam West may have been your favorite. No, no, I always, comic remember, I always remember people liking the Adam West Batman, like, oh, it was this, you know, this kitschy, funny, you know, we 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 laugh at this. It's a silly old take on Batman. And I always just thought it was awful. (laughs) (laughs) 
What, what, what about uh, animated series? That, that's what I would think would be your favorite. Out of them all, I would probably rewatch the original, you know, the original animated series, well, at least the nineties animated series. Mm-hmm. That's the I most, mean, yeah. the most out of everything. But even that I can only take so many episodes of. Okay. okay. That's why I was interested in your opinion of the long Halloween, the long Halloween. So no, not any better. <laughs> oh. I would say I enjoyed the Joker. I don't always enjoy the Joker, but I liked him in this. And I think it was just because he was the silliest. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought you'd like the Mad Hatter myself. So no, well, he <laughs> no. didn't really I, do much. I really had to Bender, force Bender to is the voice of anyway. Mad Hatter. Is he? I kept thinking of the pirate from Venture Brothers. He had a very cool thing going on. Uh, John DiMaggio. Oh, that okay. was Mad Hatter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Did you guys big. notice that the uh, Calendar Man was uh, a polka dot man from the Suicide Squad? Yes. He's been in tons of DC stuff. So does anyone know why the seemingly biggest story involving calendar-related killings does not end up being Calendar Man? It's almost as though they threw him in just to be like, we acknowledge this guy exists. Yeah. And we're going to use this thing. (laughs) The writer sat down and was like, oh, wait, wasn't there somebody with calendar? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That hasn't been for calendar. (laughs) That'll be a way to keep up with these monthly killings. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, he did a... Fantastic job as the voice actor for Calendar Man. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. I, I did like the voice acting there. And then Dean Winchester <laughs> as Batman. What? Oh, he's yeah. Batman? Yeah. I didn't even realize that. Jensen Josh Nichols. Duhamel uh, from mm-hmm. the Transformer movies. I liked, I liked the voice of Batman in this one. I liked it. It, yeah. it yeah, had I the. It did well. It had the Kevin, is it Kevin Conroy? Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The animated series. Guy. It had that kind of vibe to it, but it was like different though. It's not like he was trying to copy it, but I felt like it was like a similar approach. And it did. It the, really Joker, the Joker was very Mark Hamill-esque. Oh, he was very, well. no, he was very Hamill. I had a joke yeah. to make sure it wasn't him. But I thought the Batman stood on its own. I really enjoyed the long Halloween more so than the Batman movie we just talked about. It'd been so long since I had read The Long Halloween, and I loved all those Tim Sale, Jeff, is it Jeff Loeb stories? There's like three of them. There's like Long Halloween. Long Halloween's like the the thing that got me back in the comics. Yeah, they're all really good. So I was excited to see this because I didn't know it existed. And then after we just watched the the new Batman movie, I really wish that they had just full-on adapted The Long Halloween for the Batman movie and just kind of like dropped all the arkham asylum villains and instead of riddler being the focus let um harvey dent be the focus because i really i mean i like the riddler he's one of my favorite characters but they already took so many chunks from the long halloween in the batman movie and didn't do it properly and this story was already like written for them they could have just pretty much are you talking about the dark knight no i'm talking about the batman movie oh a lot of this ended up in in the dark knight (laughs) It did, yeah. yeah. But I'm just saying there was a lot of similarities between the Long Halloween and the new Batman movie. Yeah, like the atmosphere they were going for, mm-hmm. the crime drama noir thing. But like, this is actually a very focused story. Yeah, like <laughs> where that didn't have any trouble following it. Stuff. It's about the yeah. same time length when you put the two parts together. Yeah, and I like, I like the. <laughs> I know it was it was three hours, right? But mm-hmm. I like the whole Harvey Dent, Jim yeah. Gordon, Batman 
led and it's stories. A story that conspiracy that they had formed to yeah. take down movies, the but, Roman. You know, this story was told so well, animated or not, you know, it was a well-told story. So I, I really think they could have benefited from pulling more from something like this than throwing their crap that they did together for four hours for the Batman. It comes off the heels of year one. Yes. And mm, it's kind of a continuation one. of that where Batman's still very new at being Batman. And throughout the, the two movies, you see him not being a very good detective <laughs> and, yes. right. and people keep calling him out on that. <laughs> like he's yeah. supposed to be this great detective. Like he even made a comment during the movies. Like I didn't realize there'd be this much detective work. Yeah. <laughs> he's like the Batman has to be a detective too. Jeez. I just wanted to beat guys up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man. With holiday as the serial killer. I really enjoyed this as a mystery also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. I think that it, it ends up in a very satisfying place. It does. And the fact that like Harvey Dent's story has been told so many times that kind of the low end Batman fan may at least kind of know, okay, this guy used to be district attorney at some point, something happened and it changed him into this bad guy. So you don't maybe know fully going into this movie, whether that's going to happen or not, you know, you're seeing his character change throughout the movie, but you don't know if it's going to get that far. And I can't remember what was happening in the scene, but there was one where it was just like a close up of his face when he was talking about something, but the camera cut off half of his face, mm-hmm. like the way it was framed. I thought that was so clever. Such so a, you know, yeah. just a subtle little foreshadowing. They didn't have to hammer it or anything, but he's having like one of his little crazy monologues and it's just framed up. So like only half of his face is showing. I thought that was nice. You guys know, um, Billy D. Williams got to play Two Face in the uh, Lego Batman movie. I'd forgotten that. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder, just just from an acting perspective, does he understand the significance of that? Does he care? Is Billy D. Williams there? And the people who cast him know what's going on, but he's like, now why am I doing this? Paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if Nick Cage doesn't get that egghead role in the next uh, Batman movie, maybe he could get it in Lego Batman. So <laughs> Lego Batman. There's always too. hope in Lego Batman. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think you had mentioned it, Doug, with the animation style. It did really hint at the '90s um, animated series without just kind of copying it exactly. Like they'd use certain things for backgrounds and. Like when they, especially that I noticed the opening titles, like it would hint at things and then how certain things scrolled or changed kind of from one thing to the other. I don't know, just the animation style and the way everything was connected was really good. So did you guys like the excessive outline characters? I think that it worked as a style. Okay. That's what I I feel like it's a choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it it didn't bother me at all. I think it it didn't bother me. It was consistent uh, throughout the film. So it didn't bother mm, me at all because mm, of how so. they used the the backgrounds. And there's a lot of shows like that to where that characters will really be outlined, but then they do something really detailed or cool with the backgrounds to kind of get your attention. Like I noticed on some of the scenery, they'd have like these watercolor splashes here and there or paint splotches um, to not really draw your attention away, but just to give something in the background and not make it so flat. This particular story involves a lot of characters. Solomon Grundy. Uh, Solomon yeah, Grundy. Solomon Grundy. One, yeah. Born on a Monday. <laughs> what is the deal with Solomon Grundy? I, as far as his character? We, yeah, what's or, going on there? 
he's bullet he's a bulletproof mutant that eats rats and lives in the sewer is that sometimes he eats turkey dinners yeah he did turkey <laughs> dinner on thanksgiving he was a murder victim that was brought back to life as a as a zombie and then over the years he's kind of changed into hulkish yep, character yeah 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 and into this hulkish zombie i was not as familiar with grundy i did really enjoy um not something that would fit into your Matt Reeves universe. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, Poison Ivy stuff. The the whole scene with her at Wayne Manor. And I thought that was really done well. Uh, and part of Falcone's plan to take over the Wayne Foundation and the trust. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that too. But like this, like we were talking about with the Batman where Catwoman was just kind of following him around. And it made more sense in this storyline with the long Halloween because he kept, she kept saving his butt every time he'd get in trouble. And, you know, what little romance there was between each movie, it made more sense in this movie because it actually showed the history between those two in a good way. And she was much more integral to the plot. Yes. In The Long Halloween than in The Batman. Which I'd say the same about Anne Hathaway's Catwoman. I, I didn't really think she was necessary. Yeah. I like both the portrayals but i don't think either was really necessary within the storylines you know what i like in my animated movies fertility drama gotta hit that home <laughs> don't get enough of that on reality tv so it's gonna be in the animated movies as well and so batman's been missing the real villain <laughs> children they what are they are the like like ninety percent of the time what what has you end up wandering down crime alley at <laughs> yep. ridiculous hours. Gotta go get that milk. <laughs> you mentioned that that's what got you back into reading comics and enjoying comics. Mm -hmm. What what is the thing that you enjoyed most about the Long Halloween for you? You know, I just I hadn't been reading comics for a while, and I got to discovering these like longer form graphic novels about Batman, mm -hmm. you know, and I got like, um, I read this one and then I read like uh, Frank Miller's the dark Knight, I believe was That's next. And I, and I read year one, but this was the first one I did uh, just cause I had been hearing about it. I just thought it was interesting to have something like a mystery serial killer story with Batman instead of like the typical, like super villain of the week kind of thing. I think, yeah. You know, it just kind of showed that there can be like more depth to a Batman story to me than I encountered before. So that's that's what drew me in. And in the comic, I really like the artwork um, as well, which yeah. the movie doesn't really copy the art style very much. You know, I feel mm -hmm. like those Warner Brothers like this even. How was the story as an adaptation? Though? It's pretty accurate. Um, okay. The the animated is, I'd say. Um, it's been a while since I've read it, but I mean, I think it pretty much hit all the notes. It seems like the animated movies usually are. They they actually try. Oh to yeah. Stay closer to the comics than than some of your live action stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing that I've always not always, but like that I've really I guess praised DC for the past few years is that their animated movies have been so true to the comics or at least inspired in the right ways by the comics. It's like they're not running into that filter where they have to be a people pleaser for a box office thing mm -hmm. they have to hit all these buttons for, you know they're really yeah. able to adapt those stories in the way that the fans want to see them yeah like it ends on a much quieter note i think is a 
a fine example of like a difference, you know, like the Batman has to work in the final splashy set piece where like this ends with him talking with Harvey's wife in the basement, you know? Yeah. It's like a very different, it's a much quieter kind of resolution in a way. It's more about honoring the story instead of like doing like a splashing moment. Yeah. I wonder why there's such a huge schism between the animated films and then the live action films. Because I could have seen that live action film ending on a quieter note and Mm -hmm. it would have been okay. Like that would be fine. There's there's crime movies that end like that, but they had to go work out the big one last giant fight scene and he's electrocuted (laughs) and he falls in the shallow water and he's drowned, but he's not. And then he, it's like, ugh. (laughs) I mean, I was eating it up when I was watching it. Like I say, when I watch a Batman movie, I love it. And then afterward, I'm like, but why did they do that? You know, my question. <laughs> yes. I do think. Do, do you have you guys, that with this? I did not have that at all with this. No. no not a bit. Um, no, I ended up. I, ended, I question like the animated stuff, but it's not in the same way. I question it as to like, that was really good. Um, how did they go about that from it? I really start thinking it more of a technical question versus why. <laughs> you know, and I was talking about, you know, I like that there was like this serial crime kind of thing. And that was different than other Batman stories I've read, but I like that the focus is really on like Harvey in this Mm -hmm. and like his whole arc. I thought that was interesting too. It, you know, really presents it as a much more tragic kind of thing than I think I, I had seen with him before, you know, there's the slow buildup of all the backstory of like the, he's already being corrupted before he's like, maimed you know and yeah the things they did with like the voice talking to him and all i thought that was really cool yeah when that started happening uh, uh, it threw me off but i loved it you know i like it when there's like a story that and then there's like the other story it's like the story that tells the story so there's a story of this crime family being targeted but then it's like telling this other story like about harvey as well which is kind of the like the deeper thing that's going on i, I think i agree with you doug and that the the long form storytelling is something that I enjoy where you have enough time to, to have the setup and then the event and then the resolution mm-hmm. where a lot of movies and a lot of TV shows nowadays, they don't seem to allow for that. I was actually talking with my dad about this recently and we were talking about the Dick Van Dyke show and how Carl Reiner, when uh, he was giving an interview in the eighties or sometime like that. And he said that, you know, nowadays for the eighties, they don't seem to allow for the setup. And that's one of the things that made the Dick Van Dyke show so successful is oh, that yeah. you have, you know, half the episode is build up for, mm. for the event, for the, for the big punchline. And you have funny things that happen along the way. And it's a lot of gags and it's meant to be but funny, you- but it's, it's a lot of everyday stuff too. That they find the humor, but you have that build up and payoff mm-hmm. every time. Yes, almost every episode, even if it's not as big each time, you still have that that arc. To, no matter the storyline, and it works because they follow that that pattern. I think it's true, and it's funny since I'm like a fan of exploitation movies and things like that, and I'm like, you know what, guys, you just need a little restraint, okay? <laughs> like I'm the guy saying that. It's like they just spam you with everything, and let's throw in every character, every reference, every. And it's like, you know, you can just do less. You don't have to throw in the crazy car chase scene that results in the not pushing the plot forward or something. Like, you can leave it out. 
Unless it's Infinity War and you spend 18 movies setting it up. Then you're allowed to spam every single thing. Every single still, they, they yeah. spent 18 movies setting yes. it up. Yes. If, mm-hmm. if you spend 18 movies You've setting it, it up, <laughs> you have earned it. <laughs> yes. They put in the effort for that. <laughs> but that kind of thing that we were talking about where you have the, the setup and then the event and then the resolution, it's not limited to comedy, but it's a oh. good vehicle for telling a story. But as, as long as you put in the work to earn the payoff, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It can be, um, I think the horror movies suffer a lot from that, especially modern horror movies. Beaches, is this something that you would recommend <laughs> to somebody? <laughs> I mean, if you, if you like that, I guess. So. <laughs> or is it another pile of Batman? <laughs> my, my Batman collection includes Harley Quinn and not the new stuff, like the old Harley Quinn comics. Gotham City Sirens, and then after that, I just stopped reading. As soon as they put her in like a roller derby, roller derby outfit, <laughs> <laughs> roller derby outfit. And I've got all the Batman. Accurate. I've got all the Batman meets uh, Ninja Turtle comics. So. Oh, right on! Everybody watch the Batman versus Nin- Ninja Turtles movie. It's pretty good. That is good, actually. Yeah, if you haven't it, seen that, I enjoy that. You get Batman to say "Cowabunga." Yeah. <laughs> Watch this and watch Hush and enjoy them both. Hush. I actually did like Hush. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I did like Hush. Hush is in sort of the same wheelhouse as this movie, I feel like. And I would recommend them both 100%. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, this, I haven't watched Hush yet, but I feel like. Dude, you should. It's quite this good. This set of movie, this movie, those same set of comics we were talking about, they're doing a good job of adapting the heart of what these comics are. And I, I feel that's getting left out of the live action so much. They're just more worried about explosions and main character and explosions. I wonder if some of it has to do with royalties. I, I feel like maybe. I don't know. They don't want to pay the royalties for some of these things. I would definitely recommend this as well and Hush. <laughs> Most it, these movies really want to make me go back and read the comics too. And I love the comics. And it's been so long since I've read them, but they... I enjoyed the movie so much that I want to go back and read that now. And I don't, I get at that, get that rarely with watching a movie that I want to go back and read something that it was based off on, whether I'd previously read it or not. But every time I've watched one of these animated comic movies like this, that's that has a good story like this one did. It, it gives me that, that momentum to want to go and read the comic again. But films are made to completely replace literature. So you're good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for joining us in the dimension of our Midnight Cape. We hope you'll visit us again. From myself, Lumberdor, Beaches, and Doug, thank you, and good night. One of my favorite old person anecdotes is um, I saw The Incredible Hulk with my aunt. And as we were leaving the theater, she said, she commented that Lou Ferrigno, he had really kept in shape to still look, you know, be able to do the Hulk like that. <laughs> you just said, yep. Yep. <laughs> yep, he did. <laughs> and, you know, I like that movie, but the, the animation isn't even that good. <laughs> <Yes>. No. <laughs> no.